everyone. We're uh, it's Wednesday. That means it's the Over the Hump podcast presented by the Pinnacle Nutrition Group. Um, we're excited to have the legendary Johnny O'Mara on today with Matt Wanger and Chad Tempa. We have a full house today, guys, and we're going to be sharing some love of how the Over the Hump is getting going and why Johnny O is one of the main main pushes to the moto guys in, in the Inland Empire as well as Orange County, obviously being his hometown and over here now. So, Matt, let, let's get this rolling, right? Awesome. Well, how, thanks for joining us, Johnny. It's super cool to see you and uh, always fun to be able to kind of shoot, talk about the, uh, the way that the legends have sort of worked into my little uh, small world at Over the Hump. So, super stoked to be able to share that journey with you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's always uh, cool to talk to all you guys, especially with uh, you know my affiliation with the Over the Hump series when it started. How many years has it was it now? What are we at now, Matt? On years on that over ten. We're going right? into our eleventh. Yeah. Well, so we we just had uh, two thousand nine through two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Was was our ten years? We're going into our eleventh season. That's right. Eleventh full season, and uh, amazing. So I, I actually was just. Uh, looking at, at some of our photos and some of the fun things that we've seen over the years, Johnny, you've kind of been in and out like you've had, in fact, I'm really excited to kind of, I want to dig into a little bit of, uh, your last year, uh, has been really, a, an interesting one, especially from a, a moto accident, uh, recovery world that I come from, uh, personally, just to, to know that you've kind of played that world and, and come back, but let's, let's start at, um, I'd like to go back to 2009 uh, it was uh, August 27th. Um, you and guys like Mike Bell and Hans Ray and legends in the in the two wheel world, um, moto and bike were there. And um, I mean, what was your first impression when you when you kind of heard that there were these couple whack jobs that were going to try and race on a two, mm-hmm. on a Wednesday night at the time, but on a Tuesday night? locally what was uh from a seasoned racer like you i mean you were you were a, a hugely accomplished uh champ at that point on the mountain bike already um, what was your what was your experience caring about this grassroots thing well i think you know just what you said there uh, i'm sure i was already well i was 11 years younger than i am now so i was pretty much kind of in my prime let's say for my mountain bike part of my career Motocross was already done for me, but I was still I'm still attached to that even today. So um, training's been a big part of my life, and obviously the mountain bike's been a huge part of my uh, endurance training. So all my stuff was based around that. I think when I I don't recall exactly when we met. Do you remember that Matt at all? Like um, how how did we how'd you get me to come there? I kind of I'm trying to remember that also. Like yeah, you know, I, I I'm not certain. In fact. You know, and, and Mike's going to pin me to the wall on a, on a two-wheel life story here, but uh, I honestly, somebody had to tell me who you were. Uh, That's cool. Was, was yeah. Kind of a funny uh, initial conversation was um, I didn't I didn't come from uh, the moto world, yeah. and, and I wasn't super connected with the bike world. So um, when you came up, and, and John Russell, I think my business partner at the yep. time, did yep. a lot of following of moto. Um, we had shared a lot of our stuff through the rock and road channels right. that, uh, that were team show air, I think at the time was yes. your affiliation, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so we were, uh, 
we were kind of just probably thrown into the mix of here's something that you can do locally. Um, and, and I remember meeting you somewhere around that first season. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I mean, I've got this picture behind me of, of you and Mike Bell and some of the legends of the sport that, that kind of have that crossover from mountain bike action as well as, uh, as motorcycle action. Um, it, it, like to, to tell that story of how that all worked. Uh, and, and like you, I probably remember about 20% of actually what's happened over the years. Um, I, I'm getting old and uh, being 11 years older at 46 years old, I'm losing it. So I can't imagine what it's like for you, Johnny. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, all cool. But yeah, like as you said, a lot's happened with me over that from when we started. You started, you and John started over the hump. You know, with my career in moto, the wear and tear put on me, even to where I am today with, you know, you guys all knew about my recovery in the last year and a half with a full knee replacement. So, you know, I'm getting to those later part of my years where I'm really feeling my professional careers, uh, motorcycle and the mountain bike also. So, but I still feel like I'm pretty good now. Like, you know, probably never going to pretty, pretty good. I, I, I was, I was looking for a rope in my Jersey today. I'm like, this guy, I mean, pretty good. Uh, I um, actually well, you opted you out of like it. A, what was that, Chad? I, I opted out of the ride because I didn't want to get shown up by the old guys. I actually suggested you, you just – I don't want to be that guy, but Johnny just has a tempo. He likes his tempo. We're going to – you're on a stump jumper. He's on a go-fast bike. I have a go-fast bike. You don't have like rep, so you're going to sit this one out, Chad. I'm going to feel it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you could take him on that loop. Yeah, that's John, exactly right. Yeah, next time. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's everybody always thinks it's a race with me. It it wasn't. It was an amazing it, ride yeah, today. I, I'm it, just talking shit because he's he's the he's yeah. Osho, dude. That's that's the deal. Yeah, like, you know what was really fun, um, Johnny. One of the one of my favorite memories of uh, of seeing you and spending some time actually was we were uh, I think it was on Aliso on Aliso Creek. I was kind of riding down and and we crossed up on the road one day it was just happened to be going over towards, uh, Aliso Viejo mm-hmm. and Aliso Woods park. And you were going out and you're like, Oh, you want to ride? And so we kind of went and I've never seen somebody do so many amazing little, uh, pole dodges on the sidewalk and, and like <laughs> around stuff and up and down curbs. And for, so one of the things that that's intriguing, you always think about guys who spent their life on two wheels being, um, being a little bit more on the on the risk side um that, that's typically the perception um johnny you kind of break that a little bit um you have avoided riding on the road like it's your job in in a lot of ways you've um you know i know you had a, a crash back at, at over the hump uh, an unfortunate tangle um yeah. but you don't you're not used to crashing it's not something like you're you're the idea is avoiding that and making sure that you're safe. And, and I think that's probably why you've been able to last as long as you have in the sport, because you make calculated decisions. Is that, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. My whole, you know, career, whether it was on two wheels, motorcycles, bicycles, I've been very calculated, very overly like, you know, trained, I guess that's the word or like, I'm always, uh, thinking ahead as far as, uh, longevity so absolutely so like everything i do is really calculated 
uh, minimize the risk, obviously, on a percentage basis. Yeah, I don't ride the road anymore. The cars just and I don't don't mesh. So, yeah, the, that's why the mountain bike thing is just perfect for me. I just got to get under the dirt. And, um, yeah, I've just been like that my whole life. Like, everything's so calculated. Um, and, yeah, I'm still here, still doing what I love to do and, and uh, giving back to the sport, still racing. Um, you know, my bag house team and been, you know, enjoyed the 10 plus years with you guys. And, uh, sure. I haven't been racing as much as I used to at the, when I was a little bit younger. Um, but you're still out there, man. Like you're still out there giving back, you know, that's why first round last year, see you out there with your family, hanging out, encouraging us, yelling at me, heckling at the yeah. boy, heckling the boys. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes you, you know, you're not just, you don't do it cause it's cool. You really enjoy the sport and, have helped so many people I know, like really understand what it takes, right? Yeah, and and the one thing that pops out about that, thank you, Michael, on that is, uh, I love watching. Even though I'm just watching my teammates, sure, I'd like to be out there, like you know, leading by example. I've always kind of lived lived that part. I am the team uh, captain of my team and everything. So, uh, but yeah, my role is pulled back some now, and like you know, I don't need to race all the races, you know, and all that. So while I still going to do that and i'll pick and choose my stuff i've always been pretty uh choose like i pick and choose that's why i didn't race all the over the humps i never even finished the whole series to like take a championship or anything because i was always thinking about july i have national championships for the mountain bike and i couldn't go racing every week at that intensity um and that's why i wouldn't finish the season with with the over the hump series or something and i wouldn't take anyone's championship away even if i won majority of them i wouldn't do the the full length that you needed to do and then i'd, I'd always have people going you racing them all and i'm like nah no i'm good you you can have the championship i'm just gonna i'm here for just training so um but yeah that's i think it kind of got a little sidetracked there but you know, the one thing i remember about what i really did where i really kind of turned the corner for me when Matt had the remember how we rode with the amateurs um yeah do you remember that Matt that that particular day when I had my partner that day that was one of the best feelings I just love that and I had never done anything like that and I just walked away with such a smile and uh and still to this day, I remember that one in particular where they, you partnered up with. Yeah, uh, tell begin- us about that, Matt. What did you do? You partner up with like a, a a beginner or sport guy and let them coach him through the race. Is that kind of? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of we, we had this really cool little season two season experiment of uh, we called it the ride like the elite ride along um, was essentially. I mean, I, I'm probably butchering because it had to be more markety than that back then. But we had some kind of, we, we basically said, if you're a beginner or a, uh, or a junior, and you'd like to have some in-race coaching, we would love to be able to partner you with one of our elite athletes. So we had uh, Johnny came in, uh, Brandon Gritters, um, Emilio Cervantes, yeah. like some of these guys that are just, uh, Leslie Williams, yeah. um, Megan Brown. I mean, we had some, some all around, just, I'm going to call it salt of the earth people. And that's, that's who you are, Johnny. And that's who we want to be as, as organizers is people who are really contributing to the fabric of our, our people and making sure that the community is community based. 
And so I remember Emilio sent me a similar email to what you said. And Megan um, built a a really fun relationship that she watched um, the Lundell's daughter race Mm -hmm. and continued to ride with her and even met on the trail. So um, anyway, so we did that. But the kind of the fun part about that was in order to race the next race, which was that night, like we did a uh, we did a short course for the pros and we we pros and elite guys, and so we had a cash dash that night for uh, we did two laps, I think maybe three laps on a really short course. So like after the entire race was done, these guys had gone out and they've ridden a, a practice lap essentially with the beginner intermediate guy. Then Johnny and the crew went out and they raced got on the line and I've got this really cool picture uh, in one of our archives of like just everybody leaning hard in and it was a, a dirt crit for, you know, we went up and over the stage and around and it was, uh, it was probably one of the most exhilarating race spectator experiences we've ever had it over the hump because it was just on and it was pinned and super moto-ish when it comes to, I mean, it was like the, you guys came around hot. It was a 15 minute race and it was all out. Like there was no rest. Uh, that, that so. is really re- like really cool. Not, not note that down. So you can maybe, uh, once we get back, we can maybe get a little, get a little invite, get these guys back out there. And, and, and so you, what you're saying Mike is you want a 15 minute race. No, 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 is, no. Is I would like, I would like to hold it. <laughs> I'd like to hold a docent beer and enjoy <laughs> these guys. Like, you know, Turner that was on the Zoom call and Blake Ray and the new school kids just taking each other out for five bucks. I would really <laughs> yeah. enjoy donating five dollars to their cause to watch these guys flex it off. That'd make a beer and I think, taste. You know, what, what people don't know, um, you know, these these preems have kind of been lofted up there for over the years and different times. I know Roush Physical Therapy did one last year where like the first one through gets a hundred bucks and so we'd like put it out there and uh, on each lap so it's kind of it, it changes things right yes, it, yes. yeah it, it makes it so you might go hot on one lap and give up the entire race so you can win 100 bucks um dan burton would be all about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely well hey johnny what when you you've kind of you've broken the mold because i think when you know you get legends who often and i, I know i saw johnny campbell on a on a uh interview this last week and he was pegged as like so how do you feel about being a legend i mean i think the best thing about guys like you and johnny is like you don't even really know you're a legend like it's not it's not about being a legend it's yeah you have some accomplishments but you've always been very kind to me you've always been very welcoming and and high five and even saying sorry that you aren't at every race or like things that don't need to be said and and I know that's heartfelt because you want to be part of the community. What I've seen though, over the course of the last 11 years. And like I said, I only got to see your last 11 years. I didn't, and I've seen more of your history since in, in the archives than I've seen when you were actually racing uh, moto and, and bike, but you've created this kind of discipleship type role with uh, athletes and with, um, both bike athletes as well as moto athletes and you kind of being able to put into those guys and share your life experience along the way, which I think is really cool. What, what kind of brought that on? Well, um, a lot of it was just super just like natural. I really didn't have a game plan to, for that to exactly 
hook up the way it kind of did with, uh, you know, like I'm going to start over a little bit there because, uh, yeah, that legend status that you're saying is exactly how you said that. Like, I don't even look at myself like that. I probably, the only thing as I'm older now, what it kind of means to me, if if people are going to label me as like I had some legacy that I'm a legend and what I've done is all I could relate to and how I kind of able, because I am super humble is that I know I've done my job right, like over the years as being a professional athlete, giving back, like not just taking um, from the sport and having a good life, being very blessed. But then I then I went into mountain biking, was very welcome there. Um, also, like put in my heart and soul on that. Did it as hard. I was representing the motocross world, trying to show the moto, uh, the mountain bikers how fit the motocross guys are. And I, I'd have people tell me all the time, "Is there more guys like you?" And I'd go, "Oh, absolutely. There's." another dozen you know that are like as fit as me even though maybe in the back side of me inside i was like maybe there's not a dozen but i was felt like i had the whole i had the whole world of motocross that i'm representing um so i was doing stuff at the highest just as high as level even though i you know the pay scale was way lower <laughs> racing mountain bikes but i was i was fortunate enough i could go in and be a full factory mountain bike professional and race all over the world so that being said that's probably how i handle it i just know that i like it's definitely a reassurance to me that like i did my job right people recognize me like that i just feel very blessed as far as like the the legacy that i've built and then like yeah like i'm still today like you know i have motocross guys that come and ask me if i'm available to help them with some programs uh, well if it's training mentoring um i i've just built my you know, resume up where they know that like, I'm going to make you better. Like, so I pick and choose my clients, uh, very detailed. I don't take on, on a lot. I usually just have one. Um, I have a couple now, but I, I, you know, I, I like still giving back like that. I feel like, sure. It's like, it, it is a job for me, but it's not really like, I literally, I just feel like I'm giving back to the motocross world or even mountain bike world you know, introducing them to some pretty serious training, uh, work, work ethic that I'm so famous. Like everyone knows about my work ethic and I just, I try to introduce that to the back to them. And, um, so obviously I'm going to come out and show them what I do with you guys. And, uh, because that's always been a key part of my uh, training programs. Yeah. I think, you know, coming from a moto background and having a brother that's eight years older than me, I'm, I'm very blessed to have his, he was an enthusiast in race moto and I wouldn't know of Johnny's, you know, the legacy and path he, he paved with David Bailey and Rick Johnson and, you know, all of the guys that he raced with, right. Donnie Hansen, the list goes on and on. And, and I, I'm, I'm grateful that I understood that history. Uh, you know, I'm very young, 39 years of age. Um, so <laughs> I'm very, I'm very lucky that I have had that, that knowledge from my brother so when I started getting to a point where I was around guys that were training with Johnny, I'd always, hey, Johnny, can I ride with you? Hey, can I ride with you? And he started training guys out near me. Uh, Thomas Covington was one of them, and we had to spend a year together. I was showing him all the local trails that when he was training guys. And just to see the aura that Johnny brings to the bike and the professionalism and he, training with guys like, you know, training Ricky Carmichael, Ryan Dungey, um, now with Hunter Lawrence, Hunter Lawrence, Jet Lawrence, Savachi, like, 
it doesn't ever really there's not peaks and valleys in his career and i think like that's a staple of like over the hump there isn't really a peak and valley it's a sustainable platform right and i think that he represents the people of oth and what the community of over the hump stands for and that's just a solid program that you know can show its face always he never hides he doesn't i don't think johnny has to walk worry about walking through the paddock at oth or the races there's no confrontation right it's what you see is what you get it's hard working it's respectful and get the job done kind of attitude so i think it's a pretty pretty uh it's like pre-mixing gas as we'd say in the moto world with oth and and, and johnny over here but uh you know, I'd like to dive into some of his favorite moments of OTH, and, and we talked about um, some of them today on a ride, but before we do that, let's take a quick commercial break. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Like you, I'm a big sports enthusiast, and I want my gear to shine like new. That's why it's clean with Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again. Try it today. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple Green, Simple Green. The original and unrivaled new bike in a can, SC1 truly restores that factory shine and lives up to the claim. SC1 high gloss coating is specifically formulated to protect and beautify multiple surfaces including plastic, vinyl, rubber, and carbon fiber. Water resistant formulation is safe for use on gloss or matte finishes and makes the cleanup process easier by forming a durable coating that repels mud, dirt, and debris. Can be applied and left untouched or allowed to set up and be buffed to a dry sheen, leaving a long lasting luster. Ride, clean, and SC1 your ride to keep it working and looking its best. All right, guys, thanks for uh, not fast-forwarding through that commercial break. We're back with Matt Wanger, Chad Tempo, and the legend Osho, as we were talking about. And uh, <laughs> before we took that break, Johnny, we, we you know we we and you were pinch racing on the bikes today, and uh, we we're talking about Vanderpool and, and these other two fast brothers, the Sagan brothers, and you're like. Dude, I was in the group with them right, racing at OTH. I think one of the one of your favorite moments, would you agree, at OTH is racing with Peter? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I brought that up today. You know that. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize where they. Some people remember that when Sagan showed up with his. Uh, I think he's his younger, older brother. But um, that was pretty amazing to be in that lead group with that super like ten of us or whatever it was with. You know, sitting there with, uh, you know, as we all know how what Sagan ended up turning into today, world champion and just green jerseys and all the Tour de France's. So Gritter's really got the, Brandon Gritter's got the real taste of it on that last lap because they, they snuck off and and uh, Peter kept, uh, Gritter's kept looking at him and I even asked Gritter's after that, I go, how was that last lap on that climb? And he just looked at me and he just said, dude, ridiculous. Like <laughs> stood up and put his... Who knows? Maybe eight hundred, nine hundred, one thousand watts, and then and we all know how powerful Brendan Gritters is. Also, um, and he just said he just watched him right away. Didn't he? he couldn't even respond. So I didn't get to see that, but I did ride a few laps with them, which was obviously something that I'll always remember. Super special. But you know, all those guys out there that at Matt's race, race, there's some really those when we had it when we were like 
kind of all the groups were together and you know i was maybe the, maybe the oldest guy but i'd hang in there to get, stay with the lead guys in the elite class and they're all national champions I, you know, look world champions really will still gone so these guys are like there's some legit legit guys out there like it's ridiculous um over the years how fast some of those guys are that come out to match race for the over the hump races would, would ridiculous you, would you say that if you were to stack up like we i don't have a lot of reference and i, I don't think you either but if you took like a local race series in the country uh, i'd say that if you took like the destinations team that oth would just crush every other weeknight with like its best guys like if you t- if you stacked up to the local race in North Carolina or the ro- local race in, in 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 Northern California, it's gonna be hard to beat the crew from that races OTH. I think. Yeah, well, like you know, like I don't have a, you know, I have nothing. Yeah, no reference. Like that's I never really try to. That's a tough question because I know there's bad dudes all over the United States, but but they show up at national champs, right? Yep, I will. I always see guys that I've never seen before or know of them, and I have to race them in different parts of the country. So there's a few, you know, it doesn't matter from what group on age, but definitely the SoCal guys that we've had it over the hump with Matt and John, that's a that's a fast group of guys we've raced. I mean, like I said, like I can't race all Matt's races because I'm too wore out. Like, like these are fast dudes. If you're staying on their wheels, it's like I those are some of the hardest races I've ever done to be honest, like uh, harder than like a two-hour cross-country race. Like if I'm doing 45 or if it was one hour with our, you know, our laps, um, I'm just right on the rivet, you know, the whole yeah. time. Just staying on the way. I got to stay. Because if you lose a wheel, you're just gone. You just move back. And it's like a criterium road race out there. Like uh, if you could just stay on those wheels, it's, uh, you know, it's hard. But, dude, you're just motoring compared to like when you get dropped and, so I was fighting like every one of those guys, uh, you know, to win some of those races that I have won out there. Um, good it's, job, Matt, with those things. I mean, they are super painful even when I think about them, but they were very satisfying. And it's amazing that you get that gnarly of guys, like elite, you know, national champion type caliber guys are going to go that hard in a mid midweek race. Like I always would go, dude, that's a lot of suffering for a, for a midweek race, but you know, people love it. You know, like it's funny, it's contagious. So you like, you go, I, you know, forget about it after a couple of days and like, okay, I'll just take it easy for a few days. I'll go back for my intensity again next week. Um, I just had to kind of pick and choose the stuff. I couldn't do it week in and week out. I mean, I did quite a few, but I just had to base my training around that. And if you do that, you're, you can probably be okay and sustain that for the two or three months that we have the races. Yeah. It, it's it, and going on to the training aspect. I know, you know, people talk about you or other trainers, Ryan Fedora, your teammate at Baghouse. Yeah. He's an OTH regular. Um, when you're a, a trainer, whether it's moto or bike or, or just in the gym, people think it's just the best job ever because you can train all the time. In, in theory, it's almost worse. I've been able to mentor moto guys. When you're training, you're on their program. You don't get to train at your level. You don't get to train for you. You're training now, you know, three guys right now, mm-hmm. Savachi, Hunter Lawrence, and Jet Lawrence, all three different body types, all yep. three different mentalities. And I don't want to say it's babysitting, but essentially you have to manage their personalities, their bodies, their output. So you don't get a lot of, as a trainer, you don't get a lot of personal Osho time to worry about you anymore, do you? It's a, you have to sneak it in there here and there. Yeah, it it it's changed over the years, and but you know I'm also like, you know, 
I've, I've got a lot of bass in me. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, I never <laughs> completely fall out of shape other than when I had my knee, knee my new knee put in there. Uh, that was probably, like, where I really had to start completely over and I really couldn't race and then stuff for over a year. Um, yeah, so what you what you said there, yeah, absolutely. Like, my my job now is your... I, I still race mountain bikes for Team Baghouse. I'm the team captain, but also, you know, I have three high-caliber um, professional athletes that are that take priority, basically. Um, but I'm still able to be, like, I just, I just know what to do for my body, and I I can, if I am planning on doing national champs in July, usually they're always in July. This year, I don't know, I think they're suspended also due, due to everything. But... Um, yeah, like I still know how to just, do it. It's just, man, it's just managing your time yeah, and body. Exactly. I don't wait. I don't mess around. Like completely, everything's to the T. Like I don't. I manage everything. Like every minute I'm on the bike is quality. It's not qua, uh, qua, quantity. It's all quality for me. And I can. I can always ramp up. And I always have that base in me, so it doesn't take me too long to get up to speed. Even at my age, like I know about what I'm capable of doing. If there's someone faster, there's someone faster. You know, like I. And, uh, yeah, that's even where the point where I'm at even now, like, I don't know where I am. I'm even going to be placed with my, my new full knee replacement. Like I probably will never be the same, but I'm also 59 years old. So everyone knows too. I think everybody still thinks I'm super young. I'm, I'm not that young anymore. So I just still try to go as hard as I can and live that healthy lifestyle, lead by example, um, I've got a lot of experience in me and I just like, I, I love just kind of like pouring out, like we talked about earlier and I can give back and it's amazing that I still can like help people like even where I'm at today. Yeah. And, and you're speaking about helping people, the guys that, you know, they're, you know, in this time they might've lost their job or have been furloughed and they bought, got mm-hmm. their bicycle for the first time and they're listening to us talk racing, right? Cause we're not racing. We should be recovering from last night's race, but we will get back to racing and we want those, those new riders to come out and, and ride and race with us at whatever level. What advice can you give that guy or that gal that's just got their mountain bike? They fell in love with it. They saw you at their local trails here in, in Aliso and they want to come do it. What advice can you give them to, um, come to the OTH or their local mountain bike series and, and get into the sport. Oh, I just would just probably just go, dude, you got you got to come try it because it's just so satisfying and kind of addictive. The, the health part of it, uh, we all know that we re- need to be super healthy these days with our immune systems that even what we went through with the, this COVID-19 deal this year. So I've lived like, like my whole life, just all about being like as fit as I can, healthy as I can. I think that's why even when Matt mentioned earlier, I got the longevity on me just because I've lived a pretty good life. And, um, you know, I, I want to say that nothing can take, knock me down. Cause look, it, it did. Like I had, I wore my knee out completely and had to have that re, redone, but I still feel like I'm pretty lucky. Like for as much as I've done in my life, like I'm doing pretty good. So I would pr- always, pr- I always promote the, the fitness side and it helps you in everything in life, like literally, like, and, and if these people are, people are interested in coming out to over the hump, I guarantee you they're not, they're going to have a great experience. And I don't know one person that literally ever said anything bad about it. Like I literally don't. They're just like, I have people all the time like, Hey, you know, when are they going to have those people? And I go, just look it up on the website, um, come out and check it out. The kids race is cool. My kids have done it. 
Um, everything about it, just even when I came out last year, when I wasn't racing yet, I was training, but I wasn't really re ready to race with those boys. So I was just supporting my teammates. It, it was just great to walk through the, the venue out there at Lake Irvine and say hi to everyone. And everybody knows me and so supportive about my knee. How am I doing? It's, it's just like family. You know, Matt and I have always talked. It's like a family uh, that you build out there. Everybody kind of knows each other, a lot of respect. And remember how, Matt, we always said, hey, even on the star line, like, have fun, everybody, even though everyone's still throttling it. <laughs> uh, but we all, like, I remember being in those lead groups, like, people getting a little upset with the lappers. And I was in there, came, like, uh, trying to calm everyone down. Hey, remember what Matt said? We're just having fun. Even though it's because we're coming through, like, you know, you And then he attacks them as soon as they hit the hill. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I literally attacked people. I was just kind of, like, going with – I would respond, like, with, yeah, yeah. I'd, go, I'd go with what, what happened, and if I could stay on the guy's wheel, I would. Just follow I, Victor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah like Victor, Victor's the dangerous one. He like, is. Exactly. That slasher. Sneaky bastard. Poor um, guy sneaking his way into the podcast, even though we have it. Maybe he's our next uh, maybe Yeah, he's our next Victor would be good to have. Yeah, dude, yeah. Love, love Victor. Yeah, you know. it's just, uh, you know, you talk about your team, and, and, I, and I think, you know, I've, I've never been on a cycling team, so we're building our own here at P&G. So you can't, you can't get, if you don't get invited to one, we just build our own, right, Chad? That's how it works. So, yeah, so let's dive into, like, what, you know, that aura of the Baghouse program that you guys have built. I think it's so cool and how you're grooming the next generation. What What's the strategy behind it? Uh, I, I think it's Chad Smart's owner yes. Baghouse, and you guys have put a development team together that comes through Specialized, and please educate our, our listeners and even myself of what you guys got up your sleeve because it's really cool from the outside looking in. Yeah, Chad Smart and I, um, Chad's the owner, Baghouse, you know, industrial sheet metal company out of uh, Corona, California. And we just had this uh, vision like Matt and, you know, with Over the Hump, like literally build our own team, like how Matt's built a great venue for, for races that people have came for a decade now. And um, Chad and I have done the same thing with Team Baghouse. We uh, initially kind of started it just with like, more like master guys like a little bit older and then if you look at it today it's totally changed now we have a we never thought we'd hire a professional uh we have tavo um mexican national yeah, champ like so just a awesome. beast like we hired him um we have four or five uh you know basically young guys under 18 they're just unbelievable we never thought we'd really help juniors uh so now we're really kind of broad across the whole board like like it's just everywhere like we get resumes emails i get people every day like literally ask me is there a spot there it's like it's crazy how how big it's gotten how how much people want to like be part of bag house so chad's done a great job and and i've kind of spearheaded it the whole way and uh we're, we're we feel like uh we're very honored and pumped at like what we kind of bring to the the mountain bike world and stuff and and I get a lot of satisfaction out of it now. Like I said, like, sure, I'll still race, but I'm kind of like picking and choosing what I want to do. And I, you know, uh, you know, we hired the, the young guys, Blake and Turner and Hayden Metz. And, uh, we've got some strong kids. I, I actually, I really love that part now. The, the next, yeah, the younger part, the grassroots, the young guys coming for some reason, I, 
I don't know if that's just being older. Like, I really like that part now. I, I think the foundation you guys have laid as a program with um, the accountability. You know, you, they know you've done it. That Chad races himself. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yep. Fedora, Mister Mister Stylecat. You know, yeah, he's, he's you guys got <laughs> kind of having our Fed's got like just the aura around him as, himself as well. So it's having you guys having that that community within a community, and then mm-hmm. you guys all hold each other accountable. Everyone's Strava has that B icon, and it's it's it really represents our our you know our our community nationally, our SoCal community is represented through Baghouse at the national champs yeah. at these races. So I want to commend you guys on on building such a strong, accountable group of guys and gals that represent uh, SoCal mountain thank biking. You. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, and one of my one yeah, of my yeah. favorite memories, Johnny, is like uh, even just this last year with Blake going and uh, going head to head with Will Hahn in the in the super sport category, um, and, and you know pushing up. Those two guys, both phenomenal athletes. In no, that was right. that was uh, with Hayden. Oh, sorry. Hayden, Hayden Matts, right. you know the guy that I, I I'm I also in charge of yes. uh, Hayden's full training program. So it's kind of like me going like, up against Will. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like they would, I'd, I'd hear all the stories like at Star Yamaha during the week. All the mechanics are like, "Well, Will, did you win or did Johnny O's little little." little guy smoke you or something like it was pretty funny like uh it sounded like it was uh that might have been edited there johnny <laughs> yeah so like you know i had to i had to keep hayden on top of his game because um, i i mean we, we all know how strong will Hahn is i mean dude he's always he's a professional ex-athlete so it, it's tough like those he's a strong guy and hayden inched him out i think on um on the win so but yeah, that was a. I think like almost everybody was watching that battle. Like they'd always come down to that last quarter lap. Like who's going to attack who? That was pretty exciting. That's why I. I mean, I'd come out. I'd come out if he wasn't Hayden wasn't racing. But that was pretty exciting for me because I was so, watching so, those two go at it. So let me get this clear here. We have a, a fully an ex-pro motocrosser champion. Yep. And we have a a a, a, a trained phenom of Osho, and they're racing the super sport class. What the. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, uh, I, mean, well, I mean, come on, they're Matt. Going, like, what the? They're going up to elite now. I, mean, I, I would, I would hope Will you know, does. I know Hayden is. So, uh, you know, if Will, guys, if Will Hahn plays the Lloyd's of London card on us with the elite class, he can, he can ride the pine. I mean, come on. Well, here's here's the thing. You know, <laughs> one of the things that I've uh, that I've realized in this in this game is that you know we we can we, we've talked a little bit. We talked about the moto. Uh, 250, 450 yeah. bump ups and different rules and things that go on in, in that world. And as we have uh, the bike thing gets a little bit, it gets a little janky because yeah. it, it, you know, if you're talking about, and, and, and I know like that you want to race with Will and, and we did graduate him. And you guys listeners know I'm just talking shit here. Those guys, <laughs> because I'm on a mic and I'm not to their face, but yeah, I think no, your you, boy, I think good, your, I think your guy point. passed me. What's the big loop we did? The one lapper last year with all the climbing. Yeah, on the other side. Uh, yeah. yeah, on the other side of the what's road. What's that? What's that course called? I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, we're we're going to call it the climb. The climb. <laughs> it, it, I love the other it's side. A bad climb. That that's was, a nasty that, one. <laughs> I, I think I think your 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 prodigy passed me towards the top. <laughs> He's fast, and like, then Will and I'm in I'm in the elite, so he doesn't start very far. He starts pretty far behind me. 
Yeah. And I sign up in the elite class. I'm not an elite man. I just sign up in that class so I can say I race it. So I'm <laughs> so then, so then I'm I'm out there and I'm actually having a pretty good race. I'm not the last. I'm so I'm stoked and I see this kid who in a baghouse kit. I'm like, well, he must have had a mechanical because he's in a baghouse kit, so he must be elite. But I know Will's in super sport. Yeah. Will passes me. And I'm like, Will Hong cannot pass me. He started behind me like a minute or right. so. So I pass Will back. And I don't know if I, I – now hearing the story, I might have really disrupted Will's series overall if I – because it was pretty technical climb, and the whole way down the climb, I'm a bit of a better descender than Will. I'm yelling at him, like, yelling at yeah. him, heckling him. And he goes off into the bushes <laughs> – <laughs> and and, and that, that was like that was one of those OTH stories that like that's good. Me and Will always he's like, man, you you know you descended so much faster than me, and I'm like, well, you were descending so much slower than me right. actually <laughs> that I could just yell at you the whole time. Um, but yeah, this is the diversity of the athletes in the story, and you're not talking to each other in that moment, right? Like you're just in the pain cave racing, and and to know that the, the backstory that there's a prodigy yeah. of Johnny, and then the ex-pro picking on a, a young Grom, Will Hahn, or ex-champion in Supercross. It's just the diversity is so cool because they meet in the middle, right? They meet on the trail or on that climb or in the bushes when they descend. That's good. Yeah, Absolutely. you probably helped the Hayden there, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was that's good. Uh, that's, that Sorry, good, Matt. So back to go, the go. back to the, uh, the the class diversity. Yeah, it, it's. I think you guys do a great job. I don't think we need to make a, a mockery of anyone racing what class. I think your team does a good job of bumping people up and, and keeping them in the class they should be. Because obviously, if there's two guys racing each other, and it's very transparent with timesheets, right? You have well, the, you know yeah, the laps. And absolutely. You, it's very transparent. Absolutely. Your team sees the times. If you want to sandbag your lap and be close to your competition, that's only hurting you. And, yep. and if you're beating your competition by 15 minutes, you to get a high five and move up a class, and you're probably going to be towards the front. If you're, if you're winning your class, you're going to be in the front group in the next class. That's just the reality. And that's the, you know, that I'm glad that Johnny was here for our first complaint that we've ever got about over the hump, Mike. Um, <laughs> you know, he said nobody ever complains. Apparently, you, you've got some things we can share <laughs> offline here and we can talk about your, right. your personal gripes. But, um, <laughs> You know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is like, and, and what I, and Hayden will have to forgive me for uh, mixing up the, the crew, but, um, you know, I think the really fun thing for me to watch is talking to like Turner last night uh, on our Zoom call, um, hearing uh, Blake Ray and Hayden and how they're interacting with you, Johnny, and, and the Baghouse team. And, you know, we all kind of grow up with legends in our own minds. I mean, I went to San Clemente High School, and so Shane Besham and and all these guys were were world class surfers, and but they were human. And uh, I went on a missions trip one time, and and Peter King, big wave surfer, was down there, and and we were in Ma, we were in Mazatlan, and um, he was he was surfing with me on the break. I mean, it's it's those moments where you take the people off the throne and you put them into life. I had a mentor one time tell me that uh, it, it, he, he had been a mentor and I went to work for him. And uh, he said, Matt, here's the deal. Like you can impress people from far away, but you can impact them from up close. And so, you know, having these guys, having you, Johnny, and, and those of us who are getting older and are going to have younger guys come behind us, 
I really think the biggest legacy that I've watched, um, and, and with a ton of respect, Johnny, is the the legacy of watching you bring up younger guys, but not be an asshole and not think that you deserve anything. You've earned it. You you definitely have earned my respect. But it's from the handshake. It's from the the personal touch it's your work ethic and i think that's what these kids are seeing and you know when, when i'm looking at your hat and it says monster like it, it takes that weird tilt that often goes with motorsport and often goes with high energy caffeinated and, and it takes and says quality and it, it says all in you know as opposed to I'm an asshole that can fly upside down holding the handlebars and, and do three flips. It's not about showing up. And granted, not everybody is, but there's definitely an entitlement that comes with fame sometimes. And I think that these guys having a real rub with you is really a refreshing, fun legacy that you're leaving as you, as you kind of, like you said, your, your peak is, it, your peak's been had. That's okay. Yeah. Like now you've got the opportunity to give back and really put into these younger kids and those kids are seeing it and talking with Turner, he's one of the most eloquent, well-spoken dudes you've ever talked to. I mean, he was, he was all on it and he looks up to you and loves being with you and doing life with you. And that's, you've given him that opportunity. I really, I think that's special. And I think it lasts longer than you will longer than, than any of us will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I handpicked Turner. I love, love Turner and his family. They are just, such genuine people and Turner's amazing on the bicycle as we all know so yeah like that's 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 my role literally I'm I'm good with it um yeah like you know my presence alone usually ups the game for them they know that I you know I've talked to everybody on our team and they know what I expect out of them um, to be on our team, we expect 100% commitment. We know people have jobs and stuff like that, school and everything. But hey, when you're on the trail, you got to represent. You got to be very professional. We don't want someone calling in. Hey, a bag house guy was very rude on the trail. This that. So that stuff's all talked about firsthand. We even we consider about putting on somebody on our team. They got to represent the the bag house uh, name to the highest standard that we. Chad and I have uh, request out of everybody. So, and then we just handpick everybody and yeah, everybody kind of knows their role and yeah, like it's very um, satisfying to me that like, even if I'm not racing, if I'm just there the way they look at me and they know that like Johnny's here and I, you know, not that that to impress me, but this, like they know what I would do. Like they know that I turned myself inside out to be successful from a very young age. And I expect them to give a hundred percent to, also of their ability, train right, nutrition. I can just go across the board. They, I, I, my work ethic speaks for that. Speaks for them. I'll get them if they need some more testing to get some know some more numbers about their body. I'm available for all that. Like so, I can just I'm there for a lot of reasons, and I think that's what they really like. Sure, I've I've been there, done that, so they know I'm not a. Um, you know, I just don't need to sell them on like just just trust me. Uh, follow the process that I kind of lead by example, like I told you earlier. Um, that's probably, yeah, I'm kind of rambling on a little bit, but uh, yeah. No, it's not a ramble, Johnny. It's yeah. it's the truth, man. It's, um, you know, Chad. Chad's told us stories. You know, he he's from Simi originally, where your hometown's yeah. from. 
and you can kind of, you know, Chad's never, you know, he's my partner over here at P&G, and he's never experienced OTH, so he's probably gets getting anxiety going to his first one, right? Yeah. Dude, I am getting anxiety. <laughs> but um, coming from a guy, so, I mean, I grew up racing BMX, um, did a little motocross racing, um, and, and just to hear you talk about, I think, the camaraderie of families, and, and it kind of comes, I think, probably with all two-wheel sports or all two-wheel racing, um, and to have that in the middle of the week, um, is pivotable because there's always going to be races on the weekends. You have something to look forward to during the week on a Tuesday and it kind of carries you through the week, gives you something to look forward to, gives you something to train for. Um, yeah, I've got sweaty palms thinking about it, but I'm going to come out and give it my best. Yes, we can't wait. We can't wait. Guys, I think this has been, it's going to be hard. We're, we're in episode two here, right, Matt, of our, of our race series podcast series and uh episode three we're already flying by it's gonna be hard to top this one johnny um we're i know you got to get ready to travel to utah you got a lot going on um i appreciate you coming in from the bottom of my heart man i really do thank you for taking me out and riding matt thanks for building a series that allows guys like this to to teach mentor and and just be all around great guy that they are Matt, can you kind of sign us off on this week's OTH episode? Absolutely. Well, I can't wait till we're back and doing it again. I'm ready to, I'm ready to launch with lots of cannons and uh, and fireworks when it comes to July for sure. But uh, yeah, hey, as as we go, guys, it's going to be uh, if you're getting ready to roll, um, as I am, I've got my bike on the back of the truck and I'm ready to go. But uh, you know. Some of these guys are going to be popping their earbuds in and ready to rock listening to uh, some some of this fun banter back and forth. And I'm excited to be able to uh, be back and do it. So look forward to seeing you guys out from uh, from the stadium there uh, on TV. Johnny, as you're you're watching the guys go moto. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to see that launching here uh, in the next week, right? They're, yeah, it they're, starts on Sunday. So we're real excited for the Supercross series to have those seven races in a row. My guys, uh, Jet and Hunter Lawrence, will ride the last three on the West Coast. So uh, I'll be there for like almost two weeks coming up here in about a, I think I leave a week from Saturday. So we're excited about that. We're going back racing and uh, we've been doing doing all the hard work, training, mountain biking. And then uh, we have some stuff to look forward to with you. I know how how eager everyone is to get out and do stuff. So I could imagine... I know, I mean, I personally know how many people are, like, asking about, hey, we're going to have races and uh, with you and over the hump. And, yeah, we're hoping yeah. that in July we're, we're going to go do it, and we're going to have so much good time, have a great time. A lot of pain. Awesome. <laughs> a lot of pain. I don't know. For some <laughs> reason, I just think I, I don't Wait, mean that in a negative stop way. Stop I just selling, please. <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, come, come join us for the, you know, that hour of pain. But everyone loves it. <laughs> like, we, all, fun, we all come back. Well, and with that really long sign-off, I'm going to say from the hour of pain to you, we'll see you on the next podcast of My Two Wheel Life. Yeah, thanks, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, Matt.